In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. You're listening to Stat, the only show beyond the diamond solely dedicated to keeping the game's heartbeat alive. All right, welcome back to Stat, the only podcast dedicated to keeping the game's heartbeat alive. Today, I am joined by someone who certainly was fully dedicated to his craft on the mound, and I would say now fully dedicated to being a dad, uh, Mr. AJ Ramos. AJ, how are you? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, been traveling a lot, uh, living the dad life, but man, it's uh, it's been a great transition so far, for sure. Where uh, where you've been traveling to and from? Uh, so I, I've been to Texas, been to uh, Maryland, visit uh, my wife's family, vi- visit my family. Uh, currently, I'm in LA, uh, but I live in in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'm just kind of bouncing around all, all over the place. But uh, yeah, travel days are a bit different these days. I mean, you know, back when I was playing, it was uh, a first class service and like the planes all years uh and now it's a little bit different you know they got to tell me to to put my seat back up all the time so <laughs> yeah so yeah a little bit different but it, it but it's it's fun and just the same though man <clears throat> not really a boy's trip anymore huh not anymore man i mean there are times where you know i mean nobody wears seat belts on those planes uh you know you're standing up the whole flight and people are you know it, it playing cards it's now looking at it man it's it's a, it's a really fun time to experience that kind of things those kind of things uh with your boys and uh you know just traveling all over the country and getting to do what you love it, it was a, it was a fun time so like we said you're a brand new dad congratulations uh, i know you have a young daughter you. what um what's the, the biggest surprise you've had about being a dad so far the biggest surprise well you know people tell me or people told me before you know that every day you love your your child a bit more and I was like yeah I mean I get that I understand that but I don't think you truly understand that until you have your your first child or your, or your child you know so uh, what's been surprising is is how much I love her every day and how I'm just in awe of you know I'm in awe of her being in awe you know as uh, you know when you watch little kids so many things excite them it can be a little bug or it can be a new rock it can be whatever it is and she's like whoa she's just so blown away by these things so uh, it puts it into perspective of me and kind of it's like man I want to live more like her I want to I want to be excited by the the little things because that's a great way to live and uh, so yeah just getting to hang out and watch her and just be in awe of her uh, and how um, yeah man just how the love grows every day you know again that was something I expected but not to this magnitude so it's a it's a, it's a cool experience man was there ever I'm gonna get a little personal AJ real quick was there ever a conversation like uh, did you purposely not have a child during your baseball career just because of the travel and like the uh pressure it puts on the family and yourself for being a dad yeah i didn't have a relationship for that reason um you know i had you know micro relationships throughout my whole career uh, it's just i the type of player that i was and what it took for me personally to maintain uh, the level of play that I wanted to maintain, um, I had to be totally absorbed in baseball. So, you know, I met a lot of great people along the way uh, that, you know, I just couldn't put my time 
and invest in too much because I had something else to do. Um, and uh, so I purposely did all that uh, because I just needed to be fully focused on my on my sport. And I knew that if I got into a relationship, one, it would take away from, uh, you know, my commitment to the game and what I needed to feel for the game. And two, I wouldn't have been a good partner to that person during that time. You know, it would have been a battle for me, but it would have been a battle between the two. And I think uh, there would be resentments and there would be all kinds of things that I, I did not want to deal with, honestly, uh, that I wasn't ready to deal with. I wasn't in the, in the right uh, mind space to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I, I purposely uh, didn't have uh, any uh, long-term relationships uh, in, in, during those times. Uh, and so uh, till the end of my career, and it just kind of happened organically, which was which was amazing. Wow, that's truly incredible foresight for someone so young, so young when you were coming up through the uh, minor leagues and then up to the majors. When did that mindset, like that tunnel vision mindset start for you, AJ? That started whenever I decided that I wanted to be a big leaguer. So that started, uh, you know, when I was younger, when I was five, six years old, I'm like, yeah, I want to make it to the big leagues. But I didn't really comprehend what it took and, and, and what that would really mean. And once I got into high school, uh, I started to see my level of play just be better than a lot of other people. And I went to uh, college and I was like, shit, uh, I'm going to be, I have, a, I have a shot, you know, I have a shot. And so that at that time, I, I changed my diet to just to what I thought was like the best diet for me at that time. I tried to eat as healthy as possible. I mean, I, I had no money. So I was still eating, eating, you know, ramen noodles and stuff. But I was like, maybe not putting the full packet of seasoning on it and doing things like that to, just to try to maximize my nutrition. I, 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 I lived in the weight room. Um, I just used every situation in life to uh, to help me grow and prepare me to be in the big leagues. So when a negative situation happened outside of the field, I, I would take that, transmute that into energy in the gym or transmute that into energy on the mound so that it, it those times where I was really tired because I, you know, I was a starter coming up and uh, I always threw a lot of pitches. I wasn't a guy that was like one, two, three, that's it. You know, I threw, I know in, uh, you know, in high school, I was throwing like 120 pitches in college, same thing. So um, when I was around a hundred pitches, I'd use those negative feelings and those stuff like that to, to fuel me through, to pitch another, tw to throw another 20 pitches, you know, and, and maximize my outing. So, uh, that mindset started very, very early for me to, uh, to make when, as soon as I made that decision, like, Hey, I'm going to be a big leader. So I'm gonna do everything I can to, 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 uh, achieve that goal. Do you think more players should decide like earlier if, whether or not they they want to be a big leader, like genuinely want to be a big leader. Everyone that plays baseball, obviously aspires to be a major league baseball player, but being an actual big leaguer, getting up there, staying up there as you did, takes something different. Would you agree? Yeah, man. Uh, it, it takes something, uh, especially in my case. Now, there's if you have more talent, you know, I wasn't the most talented, but if you have superior talent, then maybe you don't have to be so so committed like I was. Uh, but if you if you don't have attributes that, that are off the charts uh, and you want to make it to the big leagues, you have to sell out for it. You have to go for it. And there can't be anything, no stone unturned. Uh, you can't leave anything on the table man you can't you got to bring it all to the field every day and every uh all hours of the day i mean even sleeping man and when i was asleep i would go through my mechanics and i was i had dreams of baseball and when i woke up in the morning 
I would wake up and do like my, my mechanics in the morning. I'd wake up and, and, and visualize myself in the big leagues and throw an inning with, with, with every team in, in the big leagues, you know? So like, I, I, it was something that I was like, I want to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care. You know, looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, the odds were, were, were stacked against me. There was like, if I was to, to, to look at someone in my situation back then, I'm like, I mean, this guy, he has the heart, but I don't know if he has the talent. You know what I mean? That's, that's the type of player that I was. And, and like, I, from going from that to, you know, being a, a major league all-star is like, yo, you, you, it really is possible if you really, really want it, you know? And luckily, you know, my dad instilled that, that hard work in me and, and my mom instilled the faith to believe. Uh, so uh, those two things with my, you know, with my will uh, was unstoppable. So you see, AJ, you're mentally a step ahead, at least one step ahead of most other big leaguers that I've talked to. Was that self-taught or like, did you work with someone throughout your career to build that up? Uh, just based on experiences, experiences. And, and, you know, my dad talked to my dad a lot, you know, he, he gave me some, he always gave me some advice and, and it, it was up to me to learn the lesson from it. You know, I would, I would be talking about, well, you know, like when I was in the minor leagues, I'd say, well, my numbers are better than this guy. And this guy got called up and I don't know. And he was always, he always gave me a perspective to look at it from a different way. Cause like the way, if I was looking at it from that perspective, I was, I would always be uh, worrying about someone else instead of worrying about what I can do to be better, even better than, than what I was, than, than I previously been. So it was like, if you, it was that whole old saying that we used to say in, in the minor leagues, like, if you don't like it, play better. You know, you want to be up in the big, you want to go to the big leagues and you're in, you're in, you know, single A, play better. You want to go to double A, play better. You want to go, whatever it is, it's like, we'll play better. And then it's like, well, I'm trying to, well, there's no trying, do. So find where you're lacking, find the, the, the weaknesses that you have, attack those weaknesses, and then, then remove yourself from it and then analyze again, like, okay, what do I need to improve now? Okay, this, okay, boom. And you find there's always things to improve on. So um, I think that mindset of, of having to use my mind more than than most people because again my attributes it's like if, if you want to make it and you're not tall enough you're gonna you're gonna make up with it with something else uh, if you don't throw a hundred then you're gonna make up with it with with accuracy or movement whatever it is it's like all right find where you're you're not at the at the top uh, level of it and figure out a way around that so if you want to succeed not think about well I, well I don't throw a hundred so I'm not gonna make it to the big leagues because everyone up there is throwing a hundred you know what I mean that's not that's that's not a mindset it's a winning mindset it's like yeah he throws 100 but i i pitch better in pressure yeah he throws 100 but but i have more movement you know like that's the way you gotta look at it not like well i mean i guess i can't be in the big leagues I, i'm not throwing 100 even though i'm trying to throw 100 you know what i mean so i think just learning those lessons and then uh uh you know after retiring reflecting on my career uh, allowed me to learn even more from it too um so aj you mentioned like the minor league lifestyle you mentioned having like um i think you said you would put like half a packet of ramen like seasoning in your ramen noodles what was the most minor league thing you remember you had to do um like you're uh, barely getting paid you're probably living with two three other guys what what was the most minor thing minor league thing you remember so I think I was getting paid $500. So I was getting paid $1,000 a month. Uh, we had to pay rent, which was $300 a month. And we had to pay dues, which were $15 a day. So that left me with, you know, hard. And I, I got drafted. I signed for $1,000. 
So <laughs> my family, we didn't have money. So it was like, uh, so that's already the most minor league thing you can think of. Um, on top of that, the other thing, which was really, really cool in the minor leagues, uh, they, I was living with uh, two guys from the Dominican and one from the from uh, Venezuela. And all of the Latin guys would gather in our room because that was, you know, um, that's where one of, the, one of the main Latin guys uh, lived with us. And uh, it was really dope because one guy would go buy a packet of meat and like a chicken and they would make the chicken like just drumsticks and like thighs and then a, a whole batch of rice. And then someone will buy some beans and I didn't have any money to put in. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat with them. And they're like, Hey, Hey, Ramo, Ramo. like, well, uh, no, it's okay, man. I, I, I didn't, you know, no, 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 there's uh there's enough. I said, no, man, there's 10 guys here. Like you, you guys bought that they're like no 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 come and eat come and eat so it was that like there's always enough for you like hey if 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 we have a little bit more we're going to give it to somebody else so it was like a, a little community in there and it was really cool with that then the other really minor league thing was the 13 hour bus rides um those were were brutal i mean th- we had sleepers but man i mean you get you get a bunch of uh you know 20 year old yeah. <laughs> 19 to 23 year olds everyone's farting and like it just stinks back there on top of that our bus driver at the time uh he would smoke cigarettes the whole the whole ride so he was in smoking cigarettes but in the bus he had his oh. little window open and he was smoking cigarettes but but the thing i was i was thinking about was like well should we tell him to not smoke but then i was thinking well he's driving he has to stay up all night like let him do what he needs to do because i want to get there safely so yeah th- those are just a few of the of the many many minor league things that that uh, we experienced but that was part of what uh the beauty of it all man i mean there's there's beauty in that struggle there's beauty in that journey so i'm thankful for all of it because that that led me to my career and led me to the person i am now how did you overcome aj like the off the field like the the stress and the pressure of like uh being underpaid not having to pay rent um all of that uh maybe not knowing where your next meal is coming from how did how did you deal with that off the field because i don't think that a lot of the audience understands that these minor league players still go through that today despite the um steps forward that they've taken well it's the it's the beauty and the struggle it's it's the um it's the love of the game honestly it's the love of the game and it's knowing that if you continue to 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 level up you're gonna you're gonna make it to the big league, big leagues and you're gonna have everything that you want as far as you know money wise you know you're you're gonna have more money than you ever thought of so it's just for me it was knowing that the situation that I was in at that moment was not gonna be forever that it was it, like this is just for right now so endure this right now and while you're enduring it you know how uncomfortable it is so again transmuting that to fuel like I can't fail because I don't want to be at this level no more so I'm going to succeed I'm going to go to the next level. So it's like, that was the way I dealt with it. And then having a, a, a super su- supportive family um, that I can talk to that, um, again, you know, I mentioned like my dad, I can talk to him and he can help me uh, see the situation from a different perspective because if i just dwelled on how 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 hard it was and and how difficult it was then then i would be stuck in how hard and how difficult it was but if you find a way to be thankful for that situation that you're in because you still have a shot at your dream then you're like all right well this isn't as bad as not being able to do this like there's millions of people of kids that that wish they could be in this situation you know and and they would switch with you in in a, in a minute so having gratitude for the situation and for the level that you're at because you know that you are still in in the uh in the road to your dream you know and so gratitude uh turning that energy that that negative energy into into fuel and uh 
supportive family and just the love of the game, man. the love of the game. I, it was, it, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else at that time. And, uh, I was living in a dream, even, even in that moment. So you mentioned you're a Texas guy. You grew up in Texas. You are, are you a Rangers fan? Are you an Astros fan? Neither. Uh, so growing up, I was a Rangers fan. I, I love okay. Juan Gonzalez. I love Pudge Rodriguez, you know, uh, all those guys, man. Will Clark. It, it was, so I grew up, I'm more of a, if I had to go for one or the other, I'd go for, uh, the Rangers. And now, you know, just knowing guys on both teams, I think I'm still going for the Rangers. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Jung is, is a Texas tech guy and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, and he's, he should be rookie of the year uh, for the AL this year. He, He's been he killing out. it he at third hurt. base. Yeah, <laughs> killing it. He's man. amazing, man. Yeah, and then I played. I was teammates with Evaldi. Um, so uh, you know, so um, yeah, I I think uh, I'm I'm going for Texas in that in that out of those two teams. What can you tell me about Evaldi? Like he's really the last four or five years made a name for himself as a big game pitcher, one of the bet one of the best in baseball. Yeah, he was a crazy athletic guy. Um, whenever we would we would run, uh, we would do conditioning. Um, he was a guy that he was the only guy I couldn't keep up with, um, you know. And I I I beasted everybody in in a lot of those uh, in spring training, all that stuff. I was always it was always a competition for me. And again, that's the part of me that needed to be to be able to allow me to to, to achieve my goals. So I was always competing, uh, even against teammates. But Evaldi was crazy athletic. Um, golf too. I mean, he was smashing it. He smashed it like three. 60, 400. He, he smashed. He just has a lot of fast twitch fibers. And he's a guy that he works hard, but he, he, he doesn't take things too, too serious. He knows it's a game and, and he, he plays it as such. And in these past few years, it feels like he's he's figured out his, his off speed. He's figured out how to manipulate the ball enough because when he was with the Marlins, he was still throwing 100, but it was like uh, they were able to see the ball a bit better or something like that because they were hitting him pretty well. And, you know, these past few years, man, it's, it's really dope that he's figured out how to pitch with his stuff and manipulate the ball, move it up, down. Uh, and uh, he's really figured his, his, his mechanics out. And it's, uh, it's fun to watch him succeed. Do you think that in order to be a big game pitcher? Because when I look at Nate Evaldi, I don't see a guy that really has like an edge or a loud personality like that. Do you think that's necessary to be a game, big game pitcher? No, no. I think there has to be a level of control in with what the type of person that you are. Um, you know, Valdi has incredible uh, stuff. He has electric stuff. So he has to be able to to regulate his mind to allow him to be him and 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 allow his his electric stuff to play. If he was trying to throw his electric, like if he was trying to be electric, that wouldn't work because he's trying to do something that that is he's you're trying. You got to be just allow yourself self to do it now. You also got to be able to, uh, one thing that no matter what kind of stuff you have, if you're, if you're, you know, conf- or if you're, um, a fiery or not, you have to be able to regulate your emotions. Meaning like there's going to be a moment or multiple moments in a game that are going to challenge you. And can you handle that challenge? Can you handle that challenge and still be you? Cause that's all it is. You know, you're, you're, you're throwing, you know, without runners on the, the, uh, the plate is still 60 feet, six, six, six inches. If there's bases, loaded the plate is still 60 feet six inches it's still the same dimensions you still got to get the three strikes so it's about understanding all of the pressure that's going on but not allowing that to disrupt your flow and not not allowing that to disrupt the type of person that you are and and you know not get too tight and not get too loose it's like still maintaining that level of flow that allows you to succeed so 
regulating your emotions, uh, I think is, is, uh, is one of the biggest thing, no matter what type of pitcher you are. AJ, so you came up, you made your debut in 2012. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then Jose Fernandez soon followed you in 2013. So you guys came up through the Marlin system together, correct? Yeah, we did. And he was kind of a younger guy at the time too. What do you remember about his ability, even in the minor leagues? Cause that, that part of his career really isn't talked about that much what he was doing in the minor leagues. I mean, he was <laughs> he was doing what he was doing in the big leagues and the minor leagues, but at a at a crazier level because obviously the talent in the minor leagues isn't isn't what the big leagues is. Um, he was so electric. Um, you know, some people I know heard people in the past, and you know, when he was alive and he was first coming up, they were like, "Oh, he's kind of like a camera camera guy. He wants to show off when the camera's there." But in the minor leagues, he was doing the same thing. He was still being that fiery electric fun personality when there's no cameras on you know so that he was just being him and i wish he got to play in these times because uh i think so many people would be entertained with him because that type of play is just his personality i see guys now that play with that type of personality but it's like a like a force thing or like they're trying to do that that's not really them it's like oh we we can do this now so i'm going to do it even though it's not an authentic part of themselves you know so there are some guys out there that 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 like like batista's bat flip that was just in the moment he didn't contemplate throwing his bat it was just like bam like that's what i'm talking about you know what i mean it wasn't like oh yeah now hit a home run oh i hit a home run let me do my 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 pre-practice celebration you know what i mean Mm -hmm. let me copy this guy by doing this stuff or you, you know what i mean like it's people are copying other people that are doing things that are authentic that are just genuine so you know jose was that jose was an entertaining person without trying to be entertaining uh so on top of having electric stuff on top of having a a great regulation of emotion and just the pitching iq was off he was one of the best players i've ever seen um i'm i i think about him often uh think about how how you know how i would have enjoyed uh just watching him dominate he would be one of the best to ever do it if he was still playing you guys were both sent to the all-star game in 2016 together uh representing miami aj how do you look back on that uh that all-star week with him that was fun man it was fun is it was a it, it, you know, he, I was, um, that was, I was just following his lead, honestly. Uh, you know, I would, we were all kind of together walking through all the players and I was following his lead because he's, again, like people gravitated towards him and uh, he just revel, he just shined in that spotlight and it was amazing. So just being, being around him and seeing everyone uh, show him love and um, just experiencing that moment. Uh, the all-star game was really, I mean, it went by so fast, man. It was like, it was like that weekend was on fast forward. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, it, that was a fun time uh, getting to experience it with him and, and along with the other guys. Uh, uh, it was a special moment for sure. You were on some of the most talented Marlins teams ever. I mean, you had you, you had Fernandez, you had Giancarlo Stan, JT Realmuto, uh, Danny Echeverria. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, I know I'm forgetting. Christian Yelich. Yeah, like, yeah. I, what was that like for you, especially coming up and then your would-be superstars, autom- like, immediately? Yeah, it was, that was fun, man. Our lineup was so fun to watch. Uh, and our defense was, we had the best outfield uh, in baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. We had really solid defense. Uh, our defense was, was solid. We were just missing a couple of starting pitchers, I think. And uh, that was the thing we were missing. But it was, it was fun, but it was also confusing because you're like, how are we getting beat like? like this how how 
are we not doing better and what can we do to change and and it, so it was it was um it was it was quite confusing and in, you know in 16 the year that jose passed away uh we it seemed like we we started to turn that corner i mean we we were what like five or six games out um uh, when jose passed away or something like that we weren't far out you know it was, it was a little bit of a long shot still but it was we were right there you know um so and it felt like man you know even if we don't make it to the playoffs this year we're going to get one or two pitchers starting pitchers and we're going to be right there we're going to be competing you know um that was when the mets had you know mats uh Syndergaard, mm-hmm. uh the like they had the best harvey like <laughs> it was an amazing pitching staff and along with they had a good lineup as well so you know it was like you know we got a tough division with that but we're going to be right there we're going to be we're going to be competing so um you know it was it, it was it was fun to go to the field every day because the group of guys were great uh but it wasn't so fun a couple of years when we you know were losing so much but uh yeah man it was it was a head scratcher for sure just knowing the lineup and, and seeing the results and just being like wow how how is this happening you know D Gordon's someone I forgot to mention when I was going off yes. and all the pl- talented players on that roster what was it like for you AJ after Jose's passing to watch him hit that home run uh, from the dugout I mean, I, that I instant chills right now just uh, hit me. Just thinking about that moment, I was in I was in the dugout, um, and you know everyone was like a breath away of crying. Yeah, even before D hit that, we were just like, how how are we going to get through this? How are we going to play this game? And then uh, when D hit that. Uh, I just like was laughing, crying. Like I was laughing and tears are coming down my face because it was like D just hit a, a home run to upper deck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jose had something to do with that. You know, it was, it was like, uh, yeah, like D, D doesn't do that. That's not D like some force. And I believe, you know, Jose contributed to that, uh, allowed that to happen. And it was, it was almost like, he was saying, I'm here. Hey, I'm here, guys. I'm here. And uh, it was it was one of the most amazing moments. And it kind of gave me a little bit of lightness the rest, rest of that game. I ended up pitching uh, that game. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was one of the hardest games to play of my career. It was one of the hardest times of my career. Um, nothing was the same after that. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, man, it, it really let me know that you got to enjoy life now. Enjoy the time you're in now. Enjoy the people that you love right now because uh they could be gone in, in an instant so uh so yeah yeah it was uh it was a, it was a tough time but um a lot of lessons learned through that so we talk about the talent on the team and the necessarily not not necessarily like getting first place getting to the playoffs it seems AJ during the like mid 2010s that there was kind of a little bit of confusion from the top of the Marlins organization. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah, it was. And then in, so then fast forward to 2015, they fired Don Mattingly as the manager. They bring Dan Jennings down from the front office to manage. What was that like for you and your team? What did you guys think? Because truthfully in my lifetime, I don't remember a front office guy uh, coming down and being a manager. I don't think that's ever been done. I don't think that's ever been done. And he, he wasn't, I don't think he, I don't think he played baseball past high school or something like that as well. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. He never, you know, managed any, any level. Um, so when that happened, we got a sense that the, the front office was making our, our lineup anyway. You know, it's like, you know, we would come to the field and there wouldn't be a lineup up. And we're like, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, why isn't the lineup up? And then once the front office got in, then we come back in from practice and the lineup was up. It's like, that's weird. And that was constantly. Um, we got the sense from, from Mattingly that he wasn't in control, as much control as, as he wanted to be. And he was frustrated, you know, and he did a great job of 
not, you know, telling us, you know, front office is blah, 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 blah. Uh, but you, you, if, if you had any uh, sense, if you had any uh, awareness, you would know that there was some shit going on. So, uh, so when he got fired and they brought Jennings in, we were like, uh, well, <laughs> no way, first of all. Second, <laughs> well, now, now at, at least... At least, you know, we have a face of who's putting in the lineup. And what was interesting about that was, you know, he needed a lot of help from the bench coach and everything, you know, obviously. But as the season went on, he started to turn to a player's coach. He started to see that, wow, you know, being on this side of it gave him a a better understanding of like, you know, things have to change. Like, you know, the way that we're managing this this organization organization and this team is is not the right way. He started to become on, on our side. And the last game, the last game of the year, we, we was, it was in Philly. And the night before our day game, uh, we all were gathering at, at the team hotel bar and we were just chilling. And Jennings was like, hey, drinks are on the Marlins today. And he put the Marlins card down. And we were like, all right. And then Jose was like, hey, the Marlins are paying. Okay. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Loria, he's paying. Okay, cool. <laughs> he, he he bought a bottle of um, uh, Louis the 13th, which is like a $13,000 bottle or something like that. He was like, shots, shots. And he's pouring everybody shots. And then, you know, going up to our rooms, I think everyone was like taking like boxes or cans of beer up to their room and like, all right, well, it's not on us. So I think the, the tab was like 15, 15 or $16,000 or something like that or, or more. Uh, so, and Jennings was, was all aboard for that. He was like, well, I'm getting fired anyway tomorrow, boys. So like run it up, you know? So uh, uh, it was a, you know, he, he definitely became a player's manager and he, he authentically, he was trying, he tried to win games. He was doing his best. He just, he just didn't have the knowledge. Uh, so I got a lot of respect for Jennings. I got a lot of respect for him and, and for what he tried to do that year. I mean, it was like they picked him and like, hey, you go manage. And one, he was up for the task, which was, you know, pretty, pretty ballsy. But two, um, he tried, man. He really wanted to win. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I was, you know, at the end, I was happy that he was our manager at that time. You know, I mean, you know, we were already out of it and all that stuff. And it was like, a, I think that was one of the years we lost 100 games, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, but uh, yeah, man. And it was, you know, he tried his best. That's, I know that. They did throw him in kind of a shit position, to be honest. But I mean, going from the front office to the dugout is Shitty. something no one ever does. Yeah. So hats off to him. Hats off to him for not, for at least not yeah. quitting and sticking out the year. And, and he came with some energy. He came with some energy. He came with some uh, uh, positivity. You know, it's just at first guys didn't want to listen. It's like, what do you, how do you, how are you telling us anything? You know what I mean? He was like, come on boys. Every day he was, you know, rallying us up. You know, it was, it was a cool, it was cool, uh, you know, at the end of it. Was he looked at by you guys as almost like just a nerd or just like a boss? Yeah, it's like a boss, you know, it's like a boss. And then it's like an unqualified boss, you know, it's like, how are you going to tell me how to do anything, bro? Like you, you don't, you don't know. And then after a while you're like, oh, he's just trying to help, you know, he, he didn't choose to fire nobody or maybe, I don't know, maybe he did or not, but you know, I don't think he was, that was this goal of the season. You know what? I'm going to fire Manley and become the manager. You know, like I don't think that was a thought process of his. So yeah, I'm going to assume he probably didn't intend on becoming the manager when he automatically was no, fired. No, no. <laughs> um, so at, while we're on the topic of talent uh, in the Marlins organization, let's talk about Barry Bonds. <laughs> He's a hitting coach for a few years oh. there too. It was just incredible. 
unbelievable unbelievable what was, was that like for you AJ? it was cool um you know he he uh, gave me some advice you know um while i was pitching for you know at, from the hitter side of it he gave me some some solid advice we had some good talks um it was cool to just sit down and pick his brain it was like i was sitting in the, in the cafeteria we're eating he'd sit down by me and we just all start talking i'm like ah i'm talking to barry bonds man you know it was like that's Barry Bonds. That's awesome, you know. So he was a really cool dude. Um, his his thinking was so elevated and, and next level as far as IQ of the game. Um, it sometimes was hard to understand uh, coming from you know when he I can I can see when he try to tell somebody his approach and like what to look for and this and that. It's like some of the guys couldn't understand uh, for for different reasons. And he's just he's just a you know a next level type talent in mind. It was uh it was cool. I, one of the coolest moments I say of my career was I was coming back from a, a broken knuckle. I broke my, my middle finger knuckle um, in 2016. And instead of going and throwing in, in a minor league game, they had me, uh, we were in Pittsburgh, like, hey, just throw a throw a live BP. And Bonds heard, he was like, oh, you're throwing live BP. I was like, you don't want to get in there, old man. Like, I don't want you to look all silly on the camera. And he was like, oh, you, you want to throw against me? All right, let's go. We'll, we'll do it. And then when the day came, uh, uh, I think media got wind of it. And so they were going to be out there and he was like, no, he goes, I'll, I'll track pitches, but I'm not going to swing just because the media, because earlier that year, he, him and uh, Giancarlo and, and uh, Yelich did this home run game that they always do. And cameras happen to see it. And they wrote all these articles and all these things. And like, it was like, he, it became about Barry Bonds and he, he didn't want that. You know, he was like, I want, I want, I want the press to be about the team, not about me. It shouldn't be about me. So anyway, I was throwing the ball. I was uh, throwing a live, live BP to him and he was tracking the ball and he was telling me, you know, it was wild because I, I, the ball would get right out of my hand, like right out of release. And he was calling ball a strike right then and there, you know, his eyes were just, he could just see the ball so much better than everybody else, you know? And I got him on one pitch. I threw a, a backdoor slider and I went right out of my hand. He was like slider ball outside oh strike listen you throw that again he's like if i if barry bonds can't if i can't see that no one can see that and i'm gonna i'm gonna let you get away with that again if you can throw it again but i bet you can't throw that again you're gonna miss down the middle and i'm gonna hit a home run what he said something like that you know so his his uh again his eyes he has incredible talent he's just next level man so how often were these batting practice home run derbies going on uh, well, I think this was uh, this was just one of their routines in spring training. Uh, him and Yelich uh, and Stanton. Uh, I don't know what I don't know. I don't. I never watched it, but it was just like they turn on the machine or someone was throwing, and like there was like some rules to the game, and and he ended up winning that that uh, that particular game that the media saw. Um, but I can't remember. It, it was, I think it was a daily thing. Wow. Interesting. Wow. That, imagine just being able to watch that from the dugout. Barry Bonds, some of the most prolific power hitters of, in the history of the game. And that's what, and, and what G was saying, uh, he was like, he goes, what was wild about that is that like, there was, he, there was, he didn't warm up. There was the first pitch was thrown to him and he, he popped it up and he goes, all right, here we go. And he was like, all right, uh, you know, here we go. And then now I'm ready. And then the next pitch, homer, next pitch, homer, next pitch, homer. And he just homer like four or five times in a row after that. So he, he, again, he's just a different type of talent, man. He's just different. You mentioned how he, as a hitter, made you a better pitcher. Can you dive a little deeper into that? I'm very interested in that conversation. Well, so like, because he gave me insight on how he would attack and how he thinks other people would, would attack me based mm -hmm. off of, you know, he, we didn't have this conversation until like in the middle of the, of the, of the 
year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, one, he liked me, he liked my work ethic and all that. So that allowed him to, 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 you know, give me this information. And, uh, yeah, he was just talking about, you know, when I use certain pitches, uh, what I, how, how I should set up those pitches and then, uh, differently than how I was setting them up and using them in different counts and just diff different ways like that. as well as, you know, if I, if he could tell that I was going to throw a pitch based off of my setup, you know, if I was tipping a pitch, but not even, not even tipping it by doing something uh, where everyone can see. It's just something that he can tell. Uh, it's weird. Something Barry Bonds can only see. <laughs> something Barry Bonds can only see. You know what I mean? He had that like intuition or, or something to where, so he would tell me, so like I, I would, uh, when I, I would throw flat grounds every day. And so in my flat ground, I told him like, Hey, when I throw a flat ground, come and watch me and see if you can, see if you can pick it up, you know, and he'd come and watch. And then he would tell me afterwards, Hey, you know, I saw when you were doing this because of this, because of your tempo, because of your, whatever it was, uh, he was, he would tell me, he would tell me a lot of those things. So it was, it was on, along that line along with pitch selection and count uh so yeah he just had he was just a wealth of knowledge man he just a student of the game a, a professor of the game <laughs> and uh it, it was, you know it was amazing to talk to him such a young marlins core at that time too aj did you ever hear him like talking about to these young players about like the controversies he faced in his career and how they should like avoid that or how they would deal with the controversy whether it's on field off field anything like that um, there wasn't, I mean, there was a few of like a couple, uh, like four or five of us in, in the locker room and he was talking about a few things, but he didn't, he didn't really talk too much about like his own struggles and, and stuff like that. It was more about, you know, the game now and, and each individual player and how they can, they can get better. And, um, the only way we learned, the only way he talked through those experiences is if like it, we, we got from, it was more about what he learned from those experiences based off the knowledge that he's teaching us. So like, that's how he's telling us how he handled his his uh the controversies you know what i mean by mm -hmm. by telling us how to how to uh perform on a daily basis basically you know and if a guy was going through a rough stretch you know hitting or pitching or whatever he was able to give us insight on how he handled those things and um and how maybe we we can get out of that funk or just make a make an adjustment to get out of it so very cool so aj in 2016 you're named an all-star like we mentioned can you talk to me a little bit about like the business side of becoming an all-star um like i don't know whether maybe you had a stipulation in your contract where you got a bonus or something i know some guys have have it like that but when you become an, a major league all-star as opposed to a major league player do, does the phone start ringing more do the endorsement money does the endorsement money start coming in more how does that work uh, definitely yeah like there's there's more um people want to be linked to the best um so um back then man you know i wish i utilized that more i was more just about i, I just want to play baseball i just want to be the best on the, on the field i wasn't about marketing myself or anything like that but if but if i was into that back then for sure i would have hit up these companies and say hey if i wear if i wear a shirt for an interview you know you know you know give me whatever whatever you know what i mean i i could have done a lot of those things i wasn't but i wasn't really into self-promotion back then i was just in there playing the game um and honestly that was a mistake um well, I say it was a mistake, but maybe not. I mean, you know, when you, the problem with a lot of that stuff is, is you're at an extra layer of where your mind has to 
deal with. Now you have to deal with the, the marketing stuff. Now you have to, there's, that's, that's attention off of what you need to do on the field. Like it's, it'd be great if I had someone doing that for me, that, that's be, that would be the best way to do it. So that you just focus on playing and you have someone else out there that is marketing you and putting you out and doing all that stuff. Because again, uh, the more you're marketed, the more you're out there, the more energy that can come to you in a negative way or energy that will maybe want you to fail or energy that's just, uh, that you have to deal with. You know what I mean? Um, so, um, I stayed low key with a lot of that stuff, um, but for sure, you know, there, there was a for if, you're, if you make an all star, the team gives you a bonus. The like my glove, I was wearing uh, Wilson at the time gave me a bonus. Uh, New Balance gave me a, like a bonus. Like there's all these like little things where uh, all the brands that you wear. If you're an all star, if you're a rookie of the year, if you have like for one of them, if I had 40 saves plus, if I had 50 saves plus, all these different it, it goes like 20 saves, 25, 30. You know, each each uh, each level of saves if you're closer each level wins if you're if you're a starter uh mm-hmm. maybe strikeouts like there's all you can you can uh negotiate all that stuff into, into all your contracts but definitely all-star gives you a bonus got it so speaking of marketing yourself you're actually working on uh a new project that's called the locker room is that right yeah yeah it's called the locker room uh so uh i'm excited about that because um we get to have similar conversations as this uh but it, more about the process of, of how they get through their daily routine um, I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me be successful is crafting my my routine so that I can maximize my time on the field. You know, I was like I was I was doing things throughout the day to to peak at 930 or whatever, whenever I was coming in the pitch. Um, and that's what I want to learn from each individual is what do you do that allows you to be successful? What's your weightlifting routine? What's your recovery like? What's your diet like? You know, what are those, those what are those physical things like? And then we sit down and we talk about the mental process. Like, you know, how do you handle the hard times? How do you handle the good times? How do you, how do you grow from each situation? What did you have to overcome to get here? Like, I want to give these experiences to, to, the viewer so that they can learn from that because everybody has a different way to do things and there's more than one way to succeed and if i can give as many ways there is to succeed as possible then the people watching can pick little things from each person say i like this routine oh i like this diet Oh, this guy has the same body style as me. Maybe I'll do this workout. Oh, this guy wants to be faster. I want to be faster. I'm going to try this workout. Oh, this guy handles the negativity by meditating. I never thought about meditating that way. Let me meditate like that. You know, different ways to to craft your own your own uh, routines to be successful in whatever it is. And that's the thing. Success isn't just making money. Isn't just making it to the big leagues or, or being an all star. Those are forms of success if that's the success you want. But it can be, it can just be, all right, I want to like have mental clarity. How do you have mental clarity? Oh, I want to lose four or five pounds or 10 pounds. All right, let me pick that. The success is, it comes in many forms. And, and I want to show the different ways of success, different ways of handling routines. And I want to show that no matter how successful, how at the top of your game that you are, you're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to have bad things happen to you. You're going to feel, you're going to feel defeated. You're going to feel all these feelings, but the best at the, the ones who are 
the most successful at whatever field that they're at, they're able to handle those things that I just listed and not allow those things I just listed to to take them away from their goal, to take them away from their confidence, to take them away from, from uh, achieving success. And I think some people think that when you're successful, you no longer feel feel fear. You no longer fear, you no, you no longer feel like uh, uh, not confident. Like all, you still feel the same things as a normal human. You're just better. You're just better at handling those things. And that's by your routines. That's by your mindsets. That's by your failures. That's by your successes. That's by all of those things. So I just want to show people those processes of, of some of the best out there so that they can craft their own routines and, and be successful in whatever it is that they're trying to succeed at. It's an incredible mission, AJ. Um, so is this a, is this a guest driven show? Yeah. So what, what it is, it's like, so I have it, uh, this season is going to be five seasons. The first episode, which comes out on Friday, um, is about me. And it's about, uh, you know, what led to me making this show. It's about my career and, and what it meant to me. Um, and then it, I, I give a little insight into my, my process um, when I was playing. And I do that by, I, I go work out with one of my uh, trainers that I train with that was been training me since 2014. Um, and we go through a workout routine. And then I sit down and have a conversation with him. We talk about our mental processes and, and what I needed to do to be better, to be good, talk about how we met. And then at the end, I talk about what I expect to learn from this season. Season. And then after that, the next seasons are going to be, I go, I'm talking with the guests. We, we talk, we, we go through a workout together. We, we uh, go, we do a sit down. We go through their process. Kind of like I, I just mentioned. And then at the end, I talk about what I learned from it and how, what I think that, uh, you know, people can pull from that to, to add success to their own career. So it's, it's a, it's almost like a day in a life type uh, thing uh, where I go and I, I am absorbed into this player's life and, uh, uh, and I get a little taste of, of what it is to to be them and and uh, and learn as much as I can from it and have fun while doing it. Man, I mean, uh, it's uh, one of one of my guests is has the world record in in uh, water ski jumping. He has the world record in that, and I've never even heard of that sport until you know someone connected me to him and I started research it. And he has the world record in that. So like learning how he lifts is totally different than what other people are, are going to lift like you know, and and his diet, his his mindset and all these things. So like, it's, it's, it's not just baseball or a major sport. It's any sport. Yeah. It's any field. Yeah. It's everything. It's, I want to just successful people. That's what I want to talk to. That's awesome. And yeah, it shocked me when you just said, uh, he was the Olympic champion. You said he's an Olympic champion, right? Sorry. You were cutting out a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, he, he's, no, uh, he has the world, he has the world record in, uh, that jump. It's, it's a long distance oh, ski jumping, wow. water ski. So like, you know how like in the Olympics where the those guys do the uh the the they jump and they're like flying in the air like squirrels and they they're like yep. kind of yeah so he's doing that on water <laughs> so oh wow yeah, yeah man his routine has yeah. to I'm, I'm sure it has to be a little different than yours right <laughs> yeah he's like a, a three-time world champion or or I, I may he may even be a more 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 than that because he just won the world champion I think the world championship uh maybe this past weekend so he just put another one under his belt so yeah he, he's the best in that sport so uh yeah you know we're, we're getting every every sport every uh every level it's you know success is is found in a lot of places and that's what i'm exploring are you going to these people aj or are they coming to you 
I'm, uh, I'm going to them. I'm going to them oh, wow. and like yeah. getting to look at, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the, in the coming seasons, I'll be more uh, immersed in, in, the, in their world. It's just this first season, you know, we did a great job, but nobody knew what I was trying to do. So now when I have these episodes out, people understand like, oh, this, yeah, yeah, they can, they can commit to it a lot easier knowing the format and understanding of what we're doing. But before it was just me saying the words and they're like, uh, mm-hmm. I think that sounds cool. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yep. so uh, you know, this next, this next season will be fun. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be able to be more immersed in their world and, and get a, a more of an inside look into each individual guest. So first episode drops Friday, AJ. Where can I watch this? Uh, this is going to be on YouTube. We're going to uh, go live in, on, on YouTube. It will be on Spotify. It will be on Apple. Uh, I'll uh, provide the links uh, here coming up. Uh, on, I think we're going to – what's today? Today's Wednesday. Uh, today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll, we'll drop the links probably tomorrow to where you can watch that. You can go to the, the – uh, it's a lot, TLR with AJ, I believe, on Instagram. Um, and you can go to that, and then we'll have a link. We'll have a link on the uh, on the bio where everyone can uh, uh, can click on that, and it'll, it'll direct you to, to – uh, uh, where you need to go to watch it. So sweet. And everyone in the audience right now can check the show notes. By the time they hear this podcast, that first episode would have dropped. This podcast is going to drop on Saturday. So uh, hopefully everyone will be able to go back and listen to that. AJ Ramos, thank you so much for your time, man. Cannot wait to watch the locker room uh, this Friday and continue to uh, watch the series as it goes on. I appreciate it, man. This was fun. Um, this was a great time to be on here. I, and I thank you for having me on. And uh, let me know when to be on next time, man. It was a good time. Absolutely, man. Will do. Thank you so much. And we'll, be, uh, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Be good. Stat, where the game's heartbeat never fades.